Hi, welcome to Life Struggles. On this show, we interview or just chat with people who have mental and physical health issues, addictions, relationship problems, and anything else that life may bring you as a struggle. We give hope and our own advice to others from our own achievements. Our goal is for you not to feel alone in your struggle. Our guests range from actors, authors, professionals, and ordinary people like me. At the end of this podcast, if you would please hit our bell, that little bell up there, so that you will be notified of any new episodes that drop. And also, if you would give us a rating, we would deeply appreciate it. And now, please help me in welcoming our next guest. Hi, this is Christy with Life Struggles, and today I'd like you to help me welcome Rich. Um, He is going to talk to us about his struggles with pornography and where that led him to he is today so welcome rich chris it's so great to be here thank you so much thank you for your time i appreciate it so yeah hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can make this one happen we've had yeah, to jump through uh, a couple happen. hurdles yeah of course we are okay so let's let's go ahead and just start at the beginning when everything started and you progress it's your story yeah um so the, the beginning uh with pornography yes sir yeah um so a little bit of context here christy is uh i'm 39 years old uh today um the average age of well not 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 today today's today's not my birthday the time the time of of recording this uh i'm 39 years old um because people will hear this hopefully for years maybe decades maybe long past i'm gone but at the time of recording this frank rich is 39 years old. Um, well, and I say that happy birthday. Cause I missed it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I say that because the average age of exposure to pornography, first exposure, uh, in today's world is somewhere between the ages of 10 and 11 years old. Uh, but these children are getting exposed to high internets, um, very, uh, intense, hardcore graphic pornography on the internet. I mean, an infinite amount of supply. They asked about the beginning for me. I was right around the age of six, um, wow. gotcha. and and I added the context of my age because when I saw pornography for the first time, it wasn't on the internet. The internet wasn't right. a thing back then. Right. Um, but I was a nosy kid, you know, kind of you know nosing through dad's belongings, probably places I shouldn't have been stumbled across at the time. What I believe was probably like a hustleress type of magazine. So. It wasn't even like a Playboy where it was, you know, soft core. Like it was very graphic, um, intense imagery. A couple of things though that's that that's you know happened and kind of transpired out of that initial event. And number one is I became incredibly fascinated with the female body. Right, I saw pictures, uh, I saw images that made me feel as a six-year-old boy like nothing I'd ever seen had made me feel before. So it implanted this sense of curiosity. It was like I needed more of this. The second thing, and I think that this played a bigger role uh, through my life. Uh, was because I found something that my dad was hiding and I found something that was being kept a secret uh, Mm -hmm. from my mom and from others. 
I learned from a young age that it was okay to have that as a part of your life. It's okay to have parts of your life that other people don't know about, whether it's lying or you're just not fully telling the truth. Um, so if we fast forward, you know, Christy, through my teenage years, you know, we got the internet around 15, 16, but even at the time, it was still like the dial-up stuff, right? You know, somebody picked up the phone and like you get knocked off the internet. Um, but probably within, you know, a day or two of even having that, I was able to find pornography on the internet. Um, I'd like to I interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Good. Um, so for my listeners' sake, um, and it's this isn't for children, and I do put on my thing that's explicit, not for children to listen to, because I don't want to give them any ideas, okay? Um, but parents, what they need to look for. So what exactly was it doing for you? Was it covering up something, or you were just fascinated by it? At, at the time, uh, back, back then? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think it was covering up any anything because at six, I don't think you really have, you know, consciousness of like trying to, to cover up things like I didn't have, you know, an abusive childhood. There wasn't like a lot of trauma that I was trying uh -huh. to run from. I think it was I think it was curiosity based okay. in the in the beginning. Well, that's where it uh, yeah, I mean, as it progressed, you know, into my teenage and then and then in my early 20s, you know, when it became a real problem was probably around 21, 22. We're now kind of talking the early you know, dawn of uh, smartphone technology. So I worked at the time, I was I was a T-Mobile uh, distributor and dealer. So I worked for a very large company. So we were some of the early adopters of a BlackBerry phone. Um, and then if there's a, a young audience listening to this, mm -hmm. BlackBerry was like the smartphone before iPhone. Um, you know, it had full, like full color screens. You could pretty much access any, any website. So that's somebody that worked uh, in the industry and had basically the internet on his phone 24 hours a day at that point around 22 23 years old it became a daily you know habit of 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 mine and so then was it interrupting things in your life was it interrupting things in in my life if i look back then i would have said no um because i was making a lot of money i was having success in bodybuilding um and i think i was telling you this before we before we hit record, through my 20s, I chased a lot of material success, whether it was financial success, whether it was once I was making money, material, you know, buying things, whether it was the chase and pursuit of bodybuilding, trying to become as big, fit, strong, masculine as I possibly could be. I, I put a lot of uh, perceived value in these accomplishments, yet every time I hit something, every time I accomplished a goal, like it was so unfulfilling. You know, re reflectively looking back, like it had a massive impact on my inability to really create connections with people. Um, you know, I, I, I was somebody that I think I always identified myself as like an introvert, maybe a little shy, maybe a little awkward around people because uh, I just never was able, really able to connect because in the back of my mind, there's always this kind of lingering shame. Like if these people knew that 10 minutes ago I was in a bathroom, like mm -hmm. looking at porn, what would they think? about me. I wasn't conscious and aware of it at the time because okay. looking at porn was something that I started doing at six. Looking at porn was something I saw my dad, you know, do. So it was something that I think, you know, every, and I still hear this today, right? You know, there's, there's no problem with porn. It's something that every guy consumes. Well, there's a problem with it and it shouldn't be something that everybody consumes. So, you no, know, at the time I wasn't hyper conscious of like the impact it was having on me. 
Um, and then probably in my early 30s, like some of the, the clear side effects became, became relevant. You know, as a fit, strong, healthy young man in his early 30s, why was I struggling with erectile dysfunction? You know, oh, I, I couldn't. those side effects. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the ones that I've mentioned here already, right? You know, the inability to, to connect with others, the inability to have real, deep, meaningful connections, the guilt, the shame, just the, the way that you see yourself showing up in the world. I mean, that was, that was massive. Um, you know, that's the sexual performance side of, of the things. It got to the point, Christy, in my 30s where, like, I would need to watch porn. If I knew I was going to have sex with somebody, like, I would have to watch porn earlier that day or I wouldn't be able to perform sexually. So let me ask you something personal then. Was there times that you asked a woman that you were with to watch it with you? All the time. Okay. All the time. Okay. Um, so that was the way that you were able to perform better? Well, the thing is I asked, none of them ever, none of them ever agreed. None of them ever agreed to it. Um, well, they but did. I definitely did. I definitely didn't shy away from asking the question. Um, and in fact, I had a, I had a, I had a relationship. I was with a woman, um, you know, pretty much the entire second half of my twenties. So we started dating around 24, 25 and she was with me all the way through my 30th birthday. She called me multiple times and it created a lot of issues, um, and fights within our relationship. Um, you know, she had perceptions around it being cheating. I, you know, didn't see it that way at the time. So this as a person that said, okay, well, just have secrets, I figured out a way around that. If you're going to check my phone, you're going to check the computer that you know about, I'll just get a separate computer that you have no idea I even own. Um, so you yeah, know, that's I, something I think women would like to hear because a lot of women that I've talked to feel like even if you're not having a relationship with somebody else outside of your own, um, if you're talking to them, and you're talking sexual to them, you know, having texts back and forth, whatever, that that's still cheating on them. How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, emotion. It, it, it. So your question was somebody is in a relationship, yet they're having conversations with people outside of that relationship. Right. Whether do, you, it's do you feel like that that is actual uh, infidelity? I don't know. I don't know if if infidelity would be the word that I would. Cheating um, on somebody. Yeah, I think it's wrong. Um, you know, I think it's morally wrong. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's out of integrity. Um, so no, I'm not a like. I'm not. I'm not a fan of of that. Okay. Okay. A lot of women feel like you know, and men will come back and say, "Well, I didn't meet up with them." You know, I didn't do anything. You know, it was just talking. And it just it, it helped me along. Help me helped along. You with, you helped you with, So I'm a coach, right? You know, so my right. way of thinking is when I hear people talk like that, is instantly I want to ask some more questions. What does that mean? It helped you along. Hey, what were you what what were you needing and help with, and why was that the solution? There's got to be another better alternative. What were you getting from her that you know the the, the woman that you're either married with or in a relationship couldn't couldn't provide so you're telling me you need help with something from another woman outside of the dynamics of the relationship that you're currently in how in any way would you be able to say that that is right right and you know just a little coalition with this um 
I, I remember watching the movie that Dolly Parton produced on her song, Jolene. And there's a lot of people out there that will still know that because she's very well known for that song itself. And then she produced a movie out of it. And of course, Jolene was the person that her husband was going behind her back seeing, right? Um, but Jolene was also a person that was there for every man, every man, she, you know, she had, she needed that stuff. But what I, what I came out of that was if there's not a space in your relationship for somebody to get in, they can't. So to me, like my husband, there wouldn't be room in his life, you know what I'm saying, to let somebody else in if there wasn't a space anyway. So that's something that we as a couple, if you're having problems, should talk about. So he's not being sexually attracted to me right now. What? Why not? What do I do? Is, is that something that you feel like people need to talk about in a relationship when it comes up like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, abs 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 absolutely. I mean, um, I think communication is key to any success in a relationship. Um, you know, whether it's you're having issues about how the way that one person is 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 making you feel, whether there's you know fi financial issues, whether there's struggles with you know the way that you're perceiving yourself. You know, if a woman doesn't feel as you know sexy or beautiful in, in, in the eyes, like all of these issues have to be um, able to be addressed and communicated. But so then in your case, though, it didn't start out that way. And there and it continued on as being something that brought you to a better sexual relationship with whoever you were going to be with, right? Yeah, no, I'm not here saying that that my journey was the way that people need to follow. Um, no, I know. This, yeah, I, there, I, I, made, I made a significant, to, amount, of, a significant I, amount of mistakes. So what I'm saying is that brought you to that point, but then at some point you realized all the things and you corrected it. So I want to know how you found that out, you figured it out, and then what? how you corrected it. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, I would say I didn't figure any of this out on my own, um, you know, well, so, yeah, I, you know, so that was, that was 20s. Like we're still, you know, we're still a decade away from like right. me actually uh, waking up and changing my life. So, um, you know, thirties were, 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 were pretty much started off the same as, as my twenties ended, right. You know, I, I was chasing success in the world through entrepreneurship, through bodybuilding, kind of projecting myself to be a certain type of man in the world. In reality, I was struggling with pornography addiction, sex addiction. I was I was wrestling in and out of drugs and alcohol. Um, so bringing it back to kind of like that lesson when I learned when I was six, right, is like, it's okay if the world sees you as this person, you don't have to share all of these things. So my entire, you know, first 15 years of my adult life was really, was really living two separate lives. It was a projection of somebody that was incredibly successful and somebody that was doing a lot in the world reality like i was a broken wounded like young boy that was masking his insecurities his doubts and his depressions through drug sex porn alcohol money success so this all kind of came to a crashing halt you know 35 ish so in 2018 i had a business 
um, that kind of came crashing down. We were we were doing roughly you know 500 grand a year uh, in, in in sales, decent you know decent decent numbers. We were you know making quite quite a bit of money, um, but I I wasn't happy. Like it was purely a, a, a cash grab. So I hired a business coach because I wanted to transition into the online fitness coaching space. Um, so I joined a mastermind and in joining a business group, I didn't, I didn't think at the time I was going to get out of it, but ultimately I did. So I haven't talked a lot about my faith and I'm not here to, you know, to, um, to, to talk about anything that I'm not here to project my, my beliefs on anybody, but I didn't grow up like in, in a Christian home. We had no real kind of talk or discussion of like Christ or any of this as I was coming up. At 35, though, I got introduced to a group of men, and, and 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 these men, for me, were living a life that I had always dreamed about. They had incredibly family, like incredibly strong families. They were business minded. They were having impact through entrepreneurship. Um, they had great connections with each other, like real strong brotherhood, like type of relationships with men that I hadn't experienced in the past. All my all my bros in the past were like gym dudes that we like, you know, partied with and kind of chased girls. These guys cared about each other in a, in a different way. And after spending about 18 months with these men, I began to realize like the thing that brought them all together was their, their faith in Christ. So on October 22nd of 2018, I surrendered my life to Christ. Uh, and that kind of began oh. down this, thank you. This kind of, that really was kind of the beginning of the four year journey that I've been on since then. So if we go back to 2008, in 18, I had this business that was kind of, you know, crashing down. Um, I was in a very toxic relationship, not the same one I was in, 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 in my twenties, this, you know, mm -hmm. three kind of three relationships later kept repeating these patterns. So business failure, losing a lot of money, new business I'm trying to start isn't taking off toxic relationships. Yet I give my life to Christ. Um, and that kind of began the next, you know, four months of me really just beginning to make better choice and decisions, really just evaluating like my own life. Like, why do I feel I have to run to a bottle or, you know, am I using bodybuilding as a way to mask some of my emotions? So I began to like do a lot of deep inner, inner work um, for, if we, if we kind of fast forward to four months. So this brings us to February of 2019. That was, you know, at, at this point I, I, I knew porn addiction like was a real thing. Because in my 20s, like, I never thought about it. Like, it's like, yeah, I watch a lot of porn. Maybe I have a problem with it. But is porn addiction a real thing? Like, so I never really looked at it as a major issue. Um, but after reading one book, hearing a couple podcasts, and then kind of doing some research on my own, I was like, oh, there's a lot, there's a lot to this. Like, I'm actually mm -hmm. causing some significant damage to my brain, to my health, to my psychology. So on February 14th of 2019 was the day that I made a choice and decision. I'm like, I'm done with this. I randomly was in a conversation with a great friend of mine where he was talking just openly about his. Um, and I kind of felt compelled right then and there to share it with him. So this would have been the first time I ever talked about my struggles with anybody else. And that first conversation, Christy, it changed my life because what I thought was going to be significant amount of judge judgments and shame turned into just acceptance and freedom. And by me talking about it, it was like 20 years of pressure and guilt and shame had been carried began to get lifted off. So I spent the next couple months, you know, working through it, staying off of porn, trying to figure out like, okay, how can I, you know, how can I 
actually heal myself from this. But the biggest thing that was leading to any success I was having was I was just openly discussing it with everybody. So I, I would set up Zoom calls. You know, I would I would reach out to my friends and say, hey, let's talk about this. You know, let's let's meet up for coffee. That's something I want to share. Every time I talked about it, though, every time I opened up and, and looked at another man in his eyes and said, hey, man, I've been struggling for years with this porn thing. I don't know why. I don't know how it got a hold of me, um, but it's had a deep impact. Every time I had that conversation, that man's arms like would open up and he would accept me and say, it's going to be OK. Like you're going to get through this. And in fact, it's probably going to lead you to something greater. So the summer. You right there. So one of the things that I'm seeing is something that I feel like everybody needs to hear. Um, My parents taught me this at a young age. I hope that I'm teaching my kids that. I don't know if you have any children yet or not. Um, I would hope that would be something. But one is that there there's an old saying that you are you become who you hang with and that can happen very easily so to pick your friends wisely um and i hear this in your story because you started being around these men that were christian men that that had a brotherhood and everything and you felt good and you wanted that feeling and i feel like that had a really uh high impact on your life is is that what I'm hearing right? Oh, one 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 hundred percent. You know, you're the you're the product of the five people you spend most time with, right? You know, it's a classic Jim Rome saying, or you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. No, so yeah, I mean, this is you know, this is a, a saying or you know, belief system that is plastered across the self development world. Um, but it 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 was the story of my life, and it's why now you know, in the work that we do a big emphasis and focus for us is creating those types of communities. Um, so realizing that I believe that there's a major um, epidemic of failed brotherhoods or men just being feeling isolated across mm-hmm. the globe. One of the greatest things that I can provide is the safe place where men can come together. So we have so at you any have time, tell me about that. you know, at any time we're running, you know, five or six groups, Per week, you know, these guys all collectively come together. We have regular Zoom calls. You know, it's hard, you know, because we we work globally. Like we've, you know, we've had clients in at this point probably twenty different countries. So it's hard to get these guys together in person. But even an hour a week, sometimes on Zoom, just having real open, meaningful conversations with others can change a man's life because so many men don't have. A best friend like you you can look at the research like the biggest issue plaguing men right now is isolation is 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 loneliness is is lack of friends uh, within their life and not just friends but like you said the right types of friends mm-hmm. right the ones that right. are going to elevate you they're gonna you know challenge you to level up that are going to call you out gonna hold you accountable so yeah that that began or, or became clear to me in, 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 in 2019. And it's why if I'm going to succeed in providing groups for men, I need to be intentional about the men that I'm around. So that group I'm still a part of. Like we meet once a week. We do a workout every single Thursday together. And we have for over four years. I now, do you group. do that through Zoom? No, we actually meet in person. 
Okay. One of my buddies owns owns a gym, so we, okay. we meet in person. I do meet with a, another group of men um, Saturday morning uh, via Zoom. And we've been doing that every Saturday since COVID started, um, 7 a.m., like Saturday morning while most people are sleeping. We got our coffees and our Zoom calls, and we're just mm-hmm. talking shop, you know. Um, I pay to be in groups is, as well. So, you know, I pay to be in business masterminds. I pay to be around the right type of people because where I'm at in my life, like if I'm going to continue to level up, I need to be around the people that are already doing the things that I want to be doing. That's, that's a really fantastic story. So do you have any kind of number that people can reach out to or men can reach out to, to, because, well, first of all, where are you at? Like locally? Uh, I live in Tampa, Florida. So is that is that actually where your center is, where you guys meet up? Uh, no, I mean, my company, uh, Rebuilt Recovery, we do everything um, on online. Okay. I guess I misunderstood you because when I asked then, is, is this a Zoom meetup? You said in person. Oh, I thought you asked about I thought you asked about my my workout group. So I have a group that I meet with on Thursdays and work out. That's not my group. That's like, in person, uh, and that's not that's not part of your program. That's not part of my program. No, okay. that's 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 for me. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, so I don't run out of time with you. Then, do you want to tell a little bit about your program so people in your area is it got got to be in your area then? Nope, nope. We've we've worked with men. Um, in, in four or five continents, uh, probably 20, 20 different countries. Okay, so what's the name of your program? Uh, well, the program is called Reboot Your Life. Our company is Rebuilt uh, Recovery. Okay, and they'll be able to contact, so I'll have that information to put in here. They'll be able to contact from anywhere in the United States or anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Yeah, okay. I mean, the best way to contact me um, I mean, go to our website, you know, we do have a free uh, resource, a free book that people can um, download, but the best place like to contact me would be through Instagram. Okay. So tell them the name of your book that they can, and they can download. Yes. Yeah, uh, the seven step guide to living life without porn. I love that. And by the way, I did download it. I need to hear you say it. I want, I want, I, I, I was very, very intrigued by it. And I, I think it, it doesn't necessarily have to help somebody with just porn. Uh, with, with just porn, it can be anything. That, that's oh, how I, I took it. Yeah, I mean, you know, so. Not that yeah. porn's not a big deal. I'm just saying that any, any kind of thing that you're going through, I think it can help you with. Yeah, you know, when I look at, you know, when I look at, you know, my life, Christy, and, you know, my, I guess my strength or, you know, area of expertise. Like I've been studying addiction now for three and a half, maybe four years. I've been studying human nature. I've been studying personal development and studying psychology and studying health, fitness, wellness for almost 20 years. Um, So a small segment of my life has been focused on the addiction side of things. So when I created um, everything that we're doing here today, I couldn't forget about the 20 years of work that I put in prior to this, you know, like, oh, absolutely. like lasting transformational 
change. You know, I've, you know, like I'm a leadership, you know, director, like I've, 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 I've helped people transform their lives in many different sectors, whether it's been in their career life, their health, fitness life, their personal life, their relationship life. So all of that has been integrated into our work. And what I really like to say is, is, is what I do in terms of our recovery is really like hyper-focused, directed personal development for men that are struggling with pornography. But personal development is personal development. Right. The keys to success, I believe, are universal. What it takes right. to succeed in transforming your body is the same mindset, the same approach, the same discipline, the same strategies that it takes to succeed in business or that it takes to succeed in relationships or it takes to succeed in recovery. All I've done is I've taken what it, you know, the transformational principles of how to transform your life and I've packaged them in a way and marketed them. Now you're kind of getting inside of like my business mind. I've marketed them directly to men that are over, that are struggling with pornography. That's what we're doing today. Our vision is to have rebuilt recovery across all addiction verticals. But we had to start in one place, right? So we started right. with pornography. Um, but yeah, I, if, if you read that book and you were struggling with anything, and every time you read the book where it said porn or porn addiction, you just inserted whatever it is right. you were struggling with, the, exactly. the success would be a byproduct. I, I believe that 100%. And to hear you say that's kind of how you receive it as well, makes me feel good because that was the goal in creating it. And that's why I wanted you to to uh, talk about the book just a little bit because it, it did affect me in that way. And I thought, gee, I, I, I don't have a porn addiction. I don't even understand porn addiction. I just understand addiction, period. Yeah, well, well think about it, right? Like if you're gonna change, if you're gonna change anything, in your life. You have to start with identifying like what it is you actually want to change. So, you know, with the men that we work with, it's like, hey, you have a porn addiction, but what is in the impact on your porn addiction? You know, I talked about how it impacted me, right? Depression, social anxiety, inability to connect, create meaningful relationships, maybe some physical side effects as well. So that was my starting point. So we got to get clear on where we are. The next step in changing is once we know where we are, where do we want to be? So you can't just say, I want to lose weight because that will never succeed. What does that ultimately mean? Or you can't say, I want to start a business and be successful. You got to get clear, like definitive objectives of like what it is you're actually working towards. You know, some people use a SMART goal analogy. So specific, measurable, attainable, realistic within a time-specific time frame. So our first two steps uh, within the book and within the program is where are we now? So what it is that you're struggling with, how is it impacting? And then we help the men create a vision for their life. If you're struggling with an addiction to pornography in order to overcome it or transcend it, you have, to, you have to envision yourself living a life without pornography. What do your relationships look like? What does your health look like? What does your day-to-day -day, uh, structure look like? What, what career path are you going to follow? So we really help them get really clear on that future life. And then the next five steps is really just helping you build the structure in doing that. Now we use fasting, right? Fasting, I think, is a great tool to build discipline and willpower, which obviously we then use um, in addiction recovery. Uh, but, but fasting is great from the spiritual benefits that you get, from uh, the gut health benefits, from the focus, clarity, kind of mental cognition. So there's that piece in there as well. Um, the need to the only, get the community. Only thing that I'd like to interrupt really quick, just so people understand this. 
Um, fasting is a great thing, but please make sure that you check with your doctor first before you do something like that. There's, there's many people that that can hurt them, you know, like diabetes, somebody that has diabetes, you know what I'm saying? So just check with your doctor first. That's all. If fasting is a, a fantastic way, it's even in the Bible. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, hundreds, hundreds of times. And I think most people, even those with, you know, diabetes could benefit from even like a shorter term intermittent fasting, sure. like yep. just kind of a prolonged, you know, yep. um, shorter, shorter eating window. And then the seventh step, you know, in, in the book is just belief. You know, that's that's something that, that you know, shows up a lot, not just in pornography addiction, but with anybody that's struggling with anything. If this has been a major part of your life for a long time and you've tried to overcome it before, yet you're still struggling, that means you've tried and haven't had the success that you want. And what that does to a lot of people's psyche or like the belief within themselves is begins to dwindle it away, right? It's like, why can't I overcome this? I'm always going to be addicted. This is one of the, the pushbacks that I have against um, 12 steps or AA. Um, I don't believe that every day we need to raise our hand and surrender to an addiction. I don't think that giving power to the addiction does any good for anybody else. So a lot of our work is centered around building belief and confidence. Because I can tell you from talking with hundreds, if not thousands of men, that have tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed, most of them show up to me and say, Frank, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to overcome this. And that that's where you're starting from, that you don't believe you're ever gonna be able to come it, then your reality is you will never be able to overcome it. Um, because there's a, there's a deep, yeah, there's a deep wiring in your subconscious at that point that you do not believe. Your subconscious mind is way too powerful. It operates at 11 million data points per second compared to 40 data points per second, which is your conscious brain. So at some point down the road, whether it's six months, a year, five years, you can have all the success in the world. If you don't believe that you can live a life 100% free of pornography, you will find a way to self-sabotage yourself down the future. And this happens with drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex. You have to believe that the life without it can be yours and that you can actually create it. And also, I think a big deal is a lot of them, a lot of them feel like if they, you want to say fall off, <coughs> excuse me, that, you know, they feel bad about themselves and they can go back into it. And I think that's where I get scared with people in a 12-step program because they feel bad. They feel so bad that a lot of times they don't go back and they think they have to start all over again. Whereas to me, it's just, you're picking yourself right back up. Yeah, well, that's shame, right? You know, shame mm -hmm. is like, shame is the state where you believe you're a bad person because of what you've done. Um, and you're not, like nobody, nobody is bad. Nobody's a bad person because of choices and decisions that they've right. made. And oftentimes just understanding that your choices are not you, they're choices um, that you've made. So you can make bad choices while not being a bad person. And, 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 and I think what you're saying, right, is like a slip, a relapse, a slide back into patterns um, doesn't mean you're bad. It means right. that there's a gap in your recovery approach. And if you can look at it through that lens, it's, oh, there's just a gap somewhere, right? You know, so... If I want to build muscle, it right? Doesn't you know, make I want you to... a failure is what I'm trying to put out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if 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 
if I want to, you know, if I want to increase my bench press, you know, 100 pounds, let's say I bench 300, I want to get to 400. Those are just arbitrary numbers. Like there's a way that I can do that, but I'm going to need a plan. I'm going to need a training plan. I'm going to need a nutritional protocol. I'm going to need a recovery plan. I'm probably going to need to make sure I monitor my sleep. There's a lot of variables. If one of those variables is off, though, I may not hit that goal. That doesn't mean that I'm bad. That means that my plan was insufficient. It was lacking. Something. Right. So, so, so it's so, something you just adjust. Yeah. So if I'm trying to overcome an addiction and three weeks goes by and I make a last judgment and I make a bad choice and decision, what I need to do is I need to come back to prior to where that decision was made and evaluate, like, where did the bad choice take place? What would have been the, the, the better decision? So it was just a, it was just a hole in your approach. Fill the hole and you won't make the same mistake again. Okay, so in your Zoom calls, do you do these, do you do one-on-one or just groups? Uh, we have both. You have both? Yeah. I feel like some people would like the one-on-one to begin with. You know, they, I mean, I don't know how comfortable you felt going into a group of people and, and talking at first. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes we need somebody personally that we feel comfortable with just to get all that out until you get to that point where you can talk in front of everybody and share, you know, everybody that's, you know what I'm saying? Some people just don't like to get in a group and start blurting out what they feel like is their bad story. Yeah, but I would, I mean, I would push back to that, right? Because like, do you want to do what's going to make you feel comfortable or do you want to do what's going to take to overcome this this addiction right so been doing this for three-ish years now um i can tell you the success that we experience with our groups far outweighs what i've been able to do in a one-on-one capacity with men you know i don't think that the opposite of addiction um is sobriety i think the opposite of your addiction is going to be the community and the connection that you created. We, we talked about it at the beginning, right? You know, right. one of the biggest challenges to men across the world right now is isolation and lack of right. real deep, meaningful connections with other men. So that's the problem. And because you're alone, uh, which is while you're running to pornography, staying alone isn't solving the problem. You need, you need community. Right. So, so I would somewhat, I would way. somewhat, yeah, push back to, to, to what you said. So what, I, so what I meant by that was because I work with women is a lot of them have like panic disorders um, and we're not talking about an addiction here. First, we're talking about panic anxiety um, yeah. of even going out there. So to me, that one-on-one and helping getting over that and then they join the group of women because they feel better. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was talking about. Yeah, well, I think in, 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 in that type of, you know, um, environments or working with those, those type of women, right? You know, I'm only, I can only speak from the perspective of like the men that I work with. And I can say men that are struggling with pornography, our anecdotal research of what and we've been able to do. They, and, and they want to talk about it. Is that, is that more of a, I need to do research on that, I guess. Do they want to? Um, I mean, by the time they've reached out to me, Probably that's why that's why we're well. That's why, why they, right. that's why we're here. That's they why want, you're there. You know, I they join the program. They they join the program because they want freedom from right. it. And, and then the path to that. freedom is through talking about it. Right, 
And I get that, but that doesn't mean that, that they feel comfortable speaking in front of a whole bunch of people yet. And that's all I was trying to get at. But yeah, I'm not trying to make them feel comfortable though. Men are made different than women. I'm not trying to make, my job is not to make anybody feel comfortable. My job is to help you to freedom. And if I believe um, that the path to doing that is through a community of men, then that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to take you. It's not comfort seeking. They're, they're, they're seeking comfort in consuming pornography. So we need to, we need to, we need to uh, halt that pattern. Um, too many men, and, and I'm speaking to men here, right? Like, okay. I'm, not a woman's, I'm not a woman's coach. Um, probably a lot of women hear me and they're like, what, what's wrong with this meathead guy? And that's okay. The world is set up in a way that there's too much comfort for men. We need to we need to stop that. Like we need to do hard, difficult things, things that test uh, us physically, things that test us mentally, things that challenge us emotionally. So doing the hard, difficult things like talking about your struggles, challenges, insecurities in front of other men um, is is doing more good for you um, than a little bit of like discomfort in the moment. Okay. And, and that's that's great. Like I said, men, you know, that book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus is so right on it. You know, we we just think differently and it's okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And what you're doing, you know, is is out there for men. And I appreciate that because I I don't think it, you know, a lot of men shy away from all that kind of stuff to begin with. So I think what you're doing is a great thing. Yeah, no, great, great book too. Um, John Gray, uh, we've had him on the podcast. He is a firecracker of an old man. He's like somewhere in his mid to late seventies and just full of life and energy. Um, incredible book though. Yeah. I think everybody should read that. John uh, Gray's John Gray, John Gray. men are from Mars, oh, women yeah. are from Venus. Yeah. Yeah, he's the author, yeah, of, the author of, of, of the book. Yeah. I, I think everybody needs to read it. Uh, I'll give out copies if anybody wants one. So <laughs> I bought plenty of them to help with my group. So, awesome. okay. Is there anything I know that you've got to go, you got other stuff and so do I. So is there anything that you would like to put out there so that I can get this message out to more men? Um, no, I mean, nothing, you know, nothing in particular, right? I think um, I appreciate, you know, the time here, here today, Christy, um, anybody that, you know, has questions, you know, like we said, the best place to maybe connect with me is on Instagram uh, at Coach Frank Rich. If you want to download that book, it's uh, the Seven Step Guide.com. Uh, you know, the YouTube channel, we've done a video every day uh, since July of 2020. So very active over there. And check out our podcast uh, at the Superman Life on any podcast streaming platform. Okay. Well, I thank you so much for your time and for what you're doing for, and and I'm going to say it on a woman's side of it, but you know what, if you're helping the men that we're in love with, love it, love it. So it does affect us too, you know? So when you're helping, when you're helping one of those men, they've got wives or, or a significant others, whatever, it's helping them too. And so I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Christy. Okay. You have a great day and keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. And that's another wrap. Thank you, 
all of my listeners for listening to not just this podcast, but going back and listening to the beginning and all the way through. One of the ways that I suggest you do that, this is just what I do because there's a lot of people that I follow with their podcast. I'm a big person on supporting other podcasters. And today that seems like it's just more the popular thing to do than to sit and watch movies or or whatever. There's so many things you can learn out there. So for me, I usually put one on. I go to Spotify and I choose one that's longer and I play it while I'm driving somewhere. So that's just a suggestion. I also would like to ask you, please, if you're done listening to this, if you'll rate us, which is up by that little star thing. And also if you would hit that bell button up there and that will notify you then every time we drop a new episode, please share this as much as possible. These podcasts are to help other people to not only get hope, but also to maybe listen to some of the ways that these struggles were conquered and maybe they can try them. Remember also that what is said in all these podcasts are just the individual's words And I don't mean that in a minimal way at all, but if you need medical advice, you need to get that. If you need to seek help, you need to get that. Thank you so much again, and hopefully you'll come back and listen to us. We love having you.